Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The field has been cut in half. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball. We've got some rain making its way to the city, and the reigning champion is back today as well. We'll be playing under the roof at Arthur Ashe. Two covered courts in play today. Louis Armstrong as well. Osaka, one of the many storylines we will discuss over the next 60 minutes. Of course, all the highlights from some fantastic day two matches and defending men's champion Dominic Team bringing his unique analysis later in the show. Many of the players already making their way onto the grounds. Garbina Muguruza looking for her first ever win against Andrea Petkovic. We've got the world number two 2019 finalist Daniil Medvedev trying to reach the third round here for the fourth straight year. And how about your defending champ on the women's side, Naomi Osaka, coming on site as well, rocking that Sue Bird Seattle Storm T-shirt. She was wearing a Sabrina Ionescu jersey the other day with the Liberty. Love the support for the WNBA. Naomi Osaka, first up on Arthur Ashe. Welcome into our studios. Great to have you here on TC Live. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, U.S. Open singles and doubles champion, Lindsey Davenport. We talk about 60 minutes of this show. 60 minutes correspondent. Best-selling author, John Wertheim, as well, as we get you set for another day that just feels bigger than round two. I mean, the first two days have been absolutely amazing. John, we've got 21 Americans into the second round at the U.S. Open this year. And more than half of them are male. And keep in mind, that is without Serena Williams. That's without Sonia Cannon. That's without Jen Brady. Very successful tournament. I would say overall also not just a big number, but the diversity Mm. of game. It's really been an amazing first two days. It really has. I mean, in, in the women's side, we've seen so many upsets the last five or six years of seeded players. Right now, after the first round, only three women's seeds are out. On the men's side, already 12. It's a real flip from what you're, we're used to seeing at the majors. But the first two days, the best two days of the opening round action I've ever seen at a major. It's incredible. I mean, I've been up till midnight. Every night, and that's West Coast, by the yeah. way. So, <laughs> exactly. If, if this is a glimpse into the post-Federer Nadal-Serena world, Sign us up. Absolutely. Of course, the biggest storyline in New York is Novak Djokovic going for the Grand Slam. Step one began last night. Arthur Ashe Stadium comes in on a two-match losing streak, but he hasn't lost a completed match at the U.S. Open since 2016. Here's what he's done so far at this year's majors. Ninth Australian Open title, second Roland Garros title. That locked up a career slam twice for him, and then his sixth Wimbledon trophy, a win over Matteo Berrettini. Seven wins from his fourth U.S. Open, said history's on the line. I'm very motivated. And last night, John, taking on an 18-year-old, making his Grand Slam debut, Holger Rune. Holger Rune, this was the amuse-bouche, and uh, Djokovic, no problem with that first set. He's warming up. We've got a major on the line. We've got a Grand Slam on the line. And all of a sudden, this match got very interesting. This 18-year-old was matching Djokovic shot for shot, some flashy shot making. The fans really took to the underdog, and 
This is a second set tiebreaker. You see some nets, net approaches. Uh, Joe Harris and Blake Griffin in the stands, and this was really the pinnacle of the match. Rune steals that second set with a tiebreaker. The crowd loves it. And then the 18-year-old physique and conditioning sort of kicked in. He had some crampic. Djokovic then rolled from there. A, a strange debut for Djokovic. Maybe not necessarily the way he wanted to kick off this campaign. The last two sets really flew by. Djokovic had 17 aces. He broke serve eight times. Uh, interesting kickoff to this uh, attempt at history, guys. Amuse Bush. The, the main course is coming. Djokovic, after the match, spoke about the atmosphere as we go inside the press room. I didn't know what they were chanting, honestly. I thought they were booing. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, not ideal atmosphere for me, to tell you that. But um, I've, I've been in these particular uh, atmospheres before, so I knew how to handle it. 16-0 first-round matches at the U.S. Open. They were not booing. They were saying, rune, hold the rune. Uh, but interesting that, I mean, listen, we're going for history. Yeah. We're, we're going for a grand slip, something we haven't seen on the men's side in 52 years, and yet the crowd was not fully behind Novak. Yeah, we've seen this over the years where, obviously, Federer and Nadal, they've always been the favorites of, of the crowd and also here in New York. But I was surprised with those two absent that the New York fans so quickly took to a player they'd never heard of. We're talking about an 18-year-old <laughs> that had never played a main draw match at a major, and they were so quick to get behind him. I, I really thought that the crowd would be more for Novak this year than in previous years because of what he's going for, because of the absence of some other players, and that just wasn't the case. It'll be fascinating to see when he gets closer, if he gets closer, what kind of effect this crowd will play into it? I don't uh, it, See, it clearly bothered Novak, and uh, he was very restrained. Um, don't you think this is some context? He's an 18-year-old kid. He's got the I guess we didn't show that he's brought an Ikea bag onto the court. His mom is his physio in the front row. He won a set. I mean, I, I wonder if this isn't just you root for the underdog reflexively. No offense to Novak. He's, his next opponent is Griegspoor. If they're booing next time, there yeah. will not be any confusion about the name. I think maybe if it was an American, I would understand it. But the, the amount, I mean, it seemed like with the audio, 80% worse for Rune. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was I surprised right. it was so heavy. They were chanting his name. That don't really doesn't quite happen. It takes a little bit longer to get the New York crowd behind you if you're not an American. But right. they were into it. R Rune brought the Ikea bag. Djokovic, as we know, he comes fully assembled. So uh, that's mental and physical. Nice. He had it dialed in last night. Final match on Lewis Armstrong, one of those Americans. Taylor Fritz taking the court. And he was looking for his first ever win against the Aussie Alex Dimonor. Lost three times on the main tour. Dimonor made the quarterfinals last year, John. Yeah, unfortunately, since then, Dimonor has uh, had COVID and has had a rough time of it. He's lost five of his last six matches coming into this. But take nothing away from Taylor Fritz. He really showed... All the tools in his tool set. So you say, watch this. Tweener? No, the top spin lob. Anakin's uh, going to love that. Yeah, Hates exactly. the tweener. <laughs> and uh, that, that is an effective way to win a point. Fritz won the first set in a tie break and then really turned it on in the second set. He dropped the third and then made a really nice recovery. Um, Taylor Fritz has been a, li a little bit sort of muddled in the conversation with Opelka. He had a very nice win last night, guys. How about that reaction? Never seen Taylor like this, pounding his chest. 42 winners. That'd be a nice 
match next for him. He gets Jensen Brooksby, another upstart American. Uh, 2019 champ Bianca Andreescu playing her first match at the U.S. Open, Lindsay, since raising the trophy two years ago, taking on Victoria Golubic. Yeah, Andreescu, we got a river. She never lost here at the U.S. Open. And it was another battle for Andreescu. Had to come back from a breakdown in the first to win it 7-5. Midway through the second, she just stopped play. She went right over to her bench. She called the doctor out. She said she felt sick and nauseous. They gave her some medicine, and she went right back to work. But Golovic, this was one of those very tricky first-round matches. Golovic is an excellent player, and she used her variety. The power of Andrescu was not phasing Golovic. But Andrescu, she's such a fighter. Down a break again in the third. She finds that extra gear. One thing, we didn't see a lot of variety from Bianca in this match. Be interesting to see if she starts to add it more as the train goes on. But she got through the first one. There's always some drama with BB, but she pulls through. In three sets, she is moving on 8-0 at the U.S. Open. No one has ever started 8-0 at a U.S. Open, men's or women's side. How about Ash Barty? She's your top seed. She's your world number one. But opening up, Lindsay, against a former finalist in Paris Vanareva. Yeah, we use the term drama for Andrescu. Barty is like the opposite of that. There's no <laughs> drama when Barty plays. And gosh, she looks so comfortable out in this first-round match. Her forehand was working Perfectly. She was hitting all spots in the court, was up a set in 5-3, a little bit of a wobble towards the end of the second, had to save a set point in the breaker, but she was in control of most of these points. Vonareva got a little bit better defending and more consistent, but in the end, too many weapons from Barty. Barty said, all we can ask for when your back is against the wall, you trust yourself, pick your spots, and you hit them. That's exactly what the world number one was able to do. She's got the 18-year-old Clara Tossin coming up next, but for a first match... For your top seed, who's never made it past the round of 16 here, what did you think? I thought that we saw the variety. I mean, that, that slice back, and she needs to, like, check that with security. I mean, that is a weapon. Can we do 10 seconds with uh, Veras Vonareva turns 37 on Labor Day. She's a mother. It's a nice match she played. We're hearing that we're having some technical difficulties with John's microphone. So uh, what did you make first match? Obviously, you have to win seven to get the title here. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect start for Barty. And also, even the second set got a little bit closer. It's okay. She worked her way through it. She had some tough matches at Wimbledon as well. It's just she possesses so many things other players don't with using the slice backhand, with hitting big forehands, also using her serve so well. I thought it was a, a great start for the Aussie. And, of course, she did get tested a little bit. She had, to, yep. she had to save a set point in that second set. So to be able to do that and come through, a little, a little adversity in the first match. Not necessarily a bad thing. She'll get a very different type of opponent with a heavy-hitting young player tossing in her next-round match. But I don't think she can be too disappointed with that kickoff. All right. The two top seats, men's and women's sides, both winning their first matches. A couple of upsets yesterday as well. How about... The American men, former UCLA star Maxime Cressy, had to come back from two sets down, Linz. Well, we talked about yesterday the grounds pass ticket. What does it get you? It got these play these fans out on the outside court. An unbelievable match down two sets to love. Maxime Cressy then found his groove, got more comfortable, serving volleyed almost the whole match, down in the fifth set. But he got these fans on his side. And Pablo Crenio Busta? Four match points. Cressy able to save them all and give these fans a real treat when this pass goes long. I don't know if they knew who he was before the match. They were screaming, Cressy, Cressy, at the end. The pride of Hermosa Beach, California, is moving on. And then we featured Zach Svida yesterday here on TC Live, the winner of Kalamazoo two times in the last three years. 
How about getting this win against Marco Cecchinato? That's a nice step up. That's Zach in the green on the far court. Two years ago, he had an Italian Paolo Lorenzi, won a set, and then sort of the 16-year-old physique gave out a little bit. Not so much today. 18 years old, and, you know, we talked about yesterday his slight stature, about 140 pounds, 5'10". You know what? He had nine aces, only got broken once, and just outplayed first ball to last. Gets another Italian, Yannick Sinner next. That will be a bit tougher, but nice win for Zach. First main draw win. Zach Svada, your champion of Kalamazoo, getting a victory. One of those 13 American men to make it into round two. One that could not, unfortunately, a, a guy that we had high hopes for, Seb Korda. Yeah, we were so disappointed yesterday, but you could tell immediately that Seb Korda was not feeling well against Basilashvili. Lost that first set 6-2, called for the doctor. When a player asks for a bucket, you know that's not a good thing. He did not look well. He left the court a couple of games later. But, you know, we're going to see Korda in more U.S. Opens. But uh, what a tough break to get some kind of stomach virus right before the U.S. Open. Rough sport. When you need a bucket, it's not a yeah. good sign. But, no, I mean, Seb Korda, we're talking about these young Americans. I mean, he's probably the leader of the pack, comes in career-high rankings, has success at other majors. You know, I mean, it, one bad piece of sushi, and there goes one of your, your pinnacles. Of the, I mean, it really sort of highlights what a brutal sport this can be. Yeah, we, we certainly hope Sebi is feeling better, was, was under the weather for a few days with that stomach pain. So uh, here's what's coming up later today. Featured matches, top of the hour. Naomi Osaka looking to continue her 16-match Grand Slam winning streak against Olga Danilovic. Sloane Stevens, Coco Golf. Man, we're going to talk about this later in the show. Sitsipas and Manorino on Arthur Ashe as well at night. And then over on Louis Armstrong, Andrea Petkovic, 3-0 against Garbina Muguruza. Francis Tiafo in action. You got Schwartzman Anderson and Angelina Kalinina beat Angie Kerber at Roland Garros this May. Still to come here on TC Live, Dominic Team is going to join the show. Plus, how Naomi Osaka is changing the way we look at the modern athlete. And why nothing she does in New York will be a surprise. John goes unstrung on the defending champion. You're watching TC Live. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back. Naomi Osaka is one of the biggest stars in the world with a Hall of Fame resume at age 23. She's also a human who recently said she's never felt good enough. John Wertheim has more on an athlete who is pushing both her sport and society. She is the defending champ. She is the winner of the previous hardcourt major played this year. She is a towering figure in the sport, a global celebrity, a month removed from lighting the Olympic flame. And she comes to the 2021 U.S. Open swaddled in uncertainty. 
No, you're super good. If Naomi Osaka has emerged as a star, she's also revealed herself to be a deeply complex and complicated figure. Strong and powerful and confident, and by her own admission, sometimes vulnerable and filled with doubt. That was really sad. That Willing to use her considerable megaphone, promoting both causes and products, and also reluctant to be a public figure. Happy to put herself out there, except when she is not. The same lack of predictability can inform her tennis. At her best, she's darn near unbeatable. Consider it's been, get this, more than 18 months since she has lost a match at a major. And returning to action at the Tokyo Olympics, she dazzled for two rounds and showed no rust, and then lost in straight sets to a player ranked 40 spots below her. Complexity is something to celebrate. If Osaka resists easy descriptions, if she keeps us, and perhaps even herself, guessing, well, so what? As she comes to New York, the range of outcomes is vast. If she won here for the third time, it would surprise few. If she's not able to summon the magic, still coping with the last year and all it has brought, that too would not strike many as a surprise. Here's one of the few statements you can make with certainty. If Naomi Osaka does win in New York, once again, it would mark the ultimate title defense. Well written as always from John Wertheim. Uh, listen, humans are complex, right? Uh, we never truly know what anyone is going through at any moment. And Naomi put out a powerful piece on social media on Sunday where she said she always felt she wasn't good enough, but now she's going to celebrate herself more. Small accomplishments, small victories mean more. Quote, you got up in the morning and didn't procrastinate on something? Champion. Figured out something at work that's been bugging you for a while? Absolute legend. I mean, th that resonated with me, and I feel like Naomi is coming to terms and, and growing as a, as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've never had in our sport a great one, especially on the women's side, be so open about their struggles and also their vulnerabilities. And that is what we get with Osaka. And it was kind of shocking in the beginning when you have this player, they're winning slams and they're getting endorsements and she's so powerful on the court. But also talking about the struggles. I mean, as a top player, you're, you're always told, like, keep it to yourself, and, you know, project all this strength and don't really give away much in interviews or in press conferences. And what a breath of fresh air this has been. And it's been a real learning moment for so many people around the world to take into account, wow, maybe there is a part of this journey that is really tough on a player, on an athlete, on, on any human. And maybe everyone needs to have a little bit more understanding about everybody. I love you use the word journey because part of what makes her, I mean, this is completely unique. I've never seen an athlete conduct herself the way she does. I mean, I remember the first big title she won, Indian Wells, this courageous, heroic, powerful tennis. And then she starts speaking and says, this is probably the worst speech you've ever heard. And uh, so, sort of the, all the power and self-assurance went away when the microphone was in her hand. And you use the word journey. Part of what makes this so remarkable is that this is a work in progress, and she talks about that. I mean, most athletes, they have an image, they're on Instagram, here's what I want to project, here's what I stand for. She essentially says, look, I'm still trying to figure this out. This is a process. This is fluid. I'm not here to say, here's who I am, because that's going to change month to month. And it's just sort of extraordinary to stand back and watch this. I don't know how this plays out 
in this tournament on the tennis court, but we've never seen anything like it, like you say, Lynn. It's extraordinarily honest. She mm-hmm. speaks her truth, and that's what we get, and that's why we love to hear <laughs> from Naomi Osaka. Won her first-round match against Marie Boskova. How do you think she comes out today? What did you like from that first match? She takes on Olga Danilovich today. I love the way she played against Buskova the other night. I mean, she was absolutely thumping the ball. It seems like there's been a real shift. I'm going to go for it. I'm back to one of my favorite tournaments, the first tournament where I really achieved my biggest glory, and I'm going to try to enjoy it. I I really feel Osaka plays her best when she is free. She's got that natural power. It'll be a different atmosphere today playing at noon as opposed to playing at 7 p.m. You know, the crowd is always a little bit different the first match on, but the the indoor conditions, the fast courts, they all really play nicely into her game strengths. So many questions here swirling. What's the one part of tennis we always say you can control? It's the serve. She wasn't broken. She won 80% of her serves. I thought that was very telling. She's got a rough draw. I mean, again, she, she won the Australian Open, and since then the results really haven't been there. She's a defending champion at the same time. What a story to follow, no matter how this breaks. Absolutely. Trying to become the first woman to defend her U.S. Open title since 2014. Osaka first up on Arthur Ashe. Victoria Azarenka taking the court. Later today as well, looking forward to her matchup against Jasmine Paolini. First meeting between those two. Dominic Team coming up on TC Live as well. Lindsey, John, Steve, back with you on TC Live. This is the match of the day, in my opinion. Coco Goff, Sloane Stevens. Sloane says she's known Coco since she was eight. Calls her Coco Fina. Coco says Sloan was a big hit at her 10th birthday party. Only one will be celebrating tonight on Arthur Ashe. That leads us to Coaching in the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. We've got our Hall of Fame coach, Lindsey Davenport, to break this one down. Coco against Sloan. A lot to get to. Uh, what can they do in this match to set them apart from one another? You know, Steve, in this section of the draw, there's so many phenomenal matchups that could occur that we saw in the draw. Well, this is one of them. Only a second-round match between Stevens and Coco Goff. Stevens coming off a tough win over Madison Keys. One thing that Coco Goff is going to have to figure out, how do you end points against the defense of Sloan Stevens? She's going to have to come to net. We know Coco's a great volleyer. She's going to have to come in, take some swing volleys, Put some pressure on Sloan to come up with passes and finish points off up at net. She has that ability. She's got a couple of different ways she can play. But on these quick courts and the movement of Sloan, you cannot allow Sloan to just hang and rally shot after shot. Sloan glides around the court. She really thrives on her defense, and she's back playing it well. And if you let Sloan hang in a rally for eight, nine, ten shots, Good luck, because that's when she is playing the type of match she wants to play. And so, so fascinating when you see these two players. Sloan, a little bit more defense-minded. Coco, a little bit more offense-minded. What is going to win on a quick court? Typically, it's the more aggressive player. Will Coco figure out ways, though, to hit through the great movement of Sloan? Question, Coach. Who, who moves better? Mm. Both exceptionally fast around the court, but they move differently, right? Sloan likes to back up. She can change directions very quick. I feel like Goff is a more explosive mover with that quick first step, more like a sprinter. You see her just get up to drop shots in, in three, four steps. Sloan takes some, some smaller steps, kind of glides around. 
defensively Sloan, offensively Goff. Okay, so, so let's get to the categories right now. Our Liberty Mutual Insurance scouting report. Who gets the X's in which box, Lindsay? Oh, there's no question the serve of Coco Goff. It's already a huge weapon. She's only 17. I mean, look out for that serve in the next two to three years. The return, they're different, but Sloan is a little bit more consistent, and she's going to need that tonight against Goff. The net play, definitely Goff. The speed, I gave it to both because they can both move differently and quick. Forehand, Sloan has got to use her forehand when she has time today. One of the best shots, much more of a weapon than Goff's forehand. The backhand of Goff, just a little bit more steady than Sloan. Four X's for Coco, three for Sloan. Of course, Sloan's got some experience. She is a champion. There's the intangibles there, too. (laughs) And and we talk so much about the crowd that's going to help potentially Goff in this tournament. Not going to be all for her in this match. So intangibles, if there was one, I'd probably give it to Sloan. All right, so that puts us at 4-4. Either way, whoever comes through... This is a tough draw, John. Yeah. You know, you know social media, all oh, these draws are fixed. Um, yeah, you've got uh, the ascending American teenager, career high ranking, and look who they put in Coco's path. She gets a former champion, Sloan, then potentially another former champion in Angie Kerber, and then what would you get if you were to win those? Well, Naomi Osaka lose. So a, a brutal, <laughs> brutal draw for, uh, for whoever's left, but, but for Coco in particular, she could have to play three straight former U.S. Open champions, including the defending champion. Mm. I can't wait for this match. Yep. Coco yeah, Sloan. Yeah. Uh, Coco, more wins since the start of 2020 than any American woman on tour. Sloan, four times the amount of wins she had last year. It's Coaching of the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Still to come, John Wertheim's stat of the day. We've got day three match previews with the man, the myth. He is not a, not, not a legend. He's live. Dominic Team is coming up next. Thumbs up. From our man, Dominic Team. Yes, he's on the big screen, and you will get the analysis that you have been waiting for when we return on TC Live. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. That's what everybody's gunning for. That is the trophy that Dominic Team won last year. The summer of superstar guest analysts continues on TC Live. We've had Jeannie Bouchard, Taylor Townsend, and now we've got the defending, the reigning U.S. Open men's champion, Dominic Team. Uh, Dominic, great to have you once again on TC Live. They, they're loving you on social media. How do you like being a, a member of the press now? How's it going for you? Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very, very nice. Uh, super interesting and a new experience. And, well, I hope that everybody continues liking it. But I still obviously prefer being on court. But as long as that's not possible, I, I like it a lot. Have you, have you been getting some good feedback? What are you hearing? Yeah, some good feedback. Uh, almost only good feedback. I, I, I mean, I'm trying that it stays like that, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to say something not that great, but I'll I'll try not to. (laughs) Well, that's what we love to hear, all all the positive feedback. The ratings are going through the roof, Dami, so uh, big, big addition here to the Tennis Channel team. Let's get going on some highlights from yesterday. Your buddy, Sasha Zverev, you've got that cool handshake that you all have developed, taken on Sam Querrey. What did you see from Sasha yesterday getting his 12th win in a row? I mean, to me, he he started like a title contender in, in the tournament. Um, same like Novak and then same like Medvedev as well. Uh, because Sam, he's 
He's not an easy first-round draw at all. Um, super experienced, great surf. Uh, Wimbledon semi-finalist, and then in New York also quarterfinals. And Sasha, I mean, you, I think everybody saw that he has a lot of self-confidence now, many, many wins, um, two big titles. And if he continues like that, um, he stays one of the big contenders for the title. So, of course, when you're going for a big title like you did last year, how important are these early round matches? Because you've got to win seven to win a major. The most important, um, at least for me, is to, to save fitness and um, to not spend too much time on the court. Um, that was, Stefanos was, was missing a little bit. I mean, he played four hours, 40-something, and... Uh, that can come to you later in the tournament. And um, so um, Sasha against Query, three sets was not too long. Um, I don't know how the weather was, but, but pretty hot as well. So he saved energy, um, beat a very good opponent. So that's, that's how a perfect start into a Grand Slam campaign looks like. He, he said, I hope in two weeks' time I'll be on an 18-match winning streak. We shall see. Uh, we had a big upset yesterday as well. There were, there were a bunch of upsets. Lloyd Harris... Taking on Corinne Hatchinoff. What did you think of this match, Dami? Um, it looks like a, a big upset, but if you look on, on the results of, of Lloyd Harris in the last month, um, it's not that big of an upset because um, I mean, he was beating Rafa in Washington. Uh, he played finals in Dubai of the, of the 500. Um, before the match, I was still thinking Karen as the slight favorite because he picked up the game amazing at the Olympics and played a great tournament there. But Lloyd, I mean, he's, he's a great player and probably this was his last Grand Slam tournament as an unseeded. You know this player, uh, you know both these guys, but you, you played Lloyd Harris uh, earlier this year. As you say, he beat Rafa to start August, now has beaten the Olympic silver medalist to end August. What do you make of this guy? What's his game all about? Yeah, that's when I when I started to know him really well when I played him in Dubai, and I knew that that it's gonna be a tough match because the previous week back then in Doha he he beat Stan in a in a great match as well, and he's uh, serving great, solid, um, solid from from both sides. Doesn't have any weaknesses. And um, he picked it up amazingly. Finals of Dubai, then he beat Rafa, and, and now a great win against Karen. So, um, as I said, I think he's going to be up there in the top 30, top 20 pretty soon. Well, Dominic, we've gotten through the first round of matches on the men's side. Besides the favorites, Novak, Zverev, Tsitsipas, who are you keeping an eye on? Who do you think could really make a deep run based on what you've seen so far? I still think that Arcaraz is is playing great. Um, I, I followed him in the in the last couple of months and then also last year, since I saw that there's a really young guy coming up again, and uh, I love the way he plays and then all the tension and then how he acts on court. It's it, it reminds me on on Rafa a little bit. So I'll keep an eye on him and. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping for a third-round clash, uh, Arcaraz versus Tsitsipas. 
Ah, staying stay with the pick. That was a sleeper on day one. <laughs> it's, it's paid off thus far. All right, Dami, uh, when we come back, we're going to have you break down some matches going on today, including your good buddy, Diego Schwartzman, trying to get past a former finalist in Kevin Anderson. There is the world number two, Daniil Medvedev, taking on Dominic Kupfer later today. We'll be right back on TC Live. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Davenport, Team Weissman, and Wertheim. John, your stat of the day. What do you have for us? Two days of tennis, and we have 19 matches go the distance. And guess what? How many of those were comebacks from Love 2 sets down? And the answer is... Eight. So it's not just quantity, it's quality. A lot of long matches and a lot of drama. And that does not include the previous match played in 2020. That was Dominic team winning, and he also came down from two sets to love. And I, I want to ask you, Dominic, winning a match like that, let's leave the physical aside. What does it do for the winner spiritually advancing to the next round, having come down from a deficit like that? What do you take with you to the next round when you have a comeback like that? It gives you many, many uh, positive and, I mean, important positive emotions. So even like that, um, you can avoid some physical issues because, um, I mean, there were so many long matches in, in tough conditions. So it's unavoidable. You have some physical issues, but with all the mental confidence and all the positive emotions you gain from, from such a comeback, you can... Uh, overlook it and also play great in the next round that's what kevin anderson he'll have that confidence five set win in the first round but he takes on your buddy diego schwartzman today what does diego have to do to get past kevin anderson i mean i love matchups like that um, on, on the one hand you have diego who is one of the best returners who who moves so well who have who has solutions for almost every single problem on the court and of course, his his best uh, part of the game is the defense. And uh, on the other hand, you have Kevin, who has an unbelievable serve, and goes for the shots, goes for the early winners. And um, it's it's amazing to watch matches like that. Um, but probably in the last two years, uh, things shifted a little bit towards Diego, and I see him as as a, as a favorite here. Well, based on the forecast and the conditions, everyone's saying the courts are playing pretty fast. The roof is almost certainly going to be closed out on Armstrong today. Who do you think that favors between Anderson and Schwartzman? That favors uh, Kevin a little bit, I would say. Um, when the roof is closed um, for, for, the, for the big servers, as uh, there is no wind, there is no sun, which makes it a little bit easier. But... I, I think that Diego doesn't care too much if, if the surface is, is fast, but um, the, the closed roof is a, a little advantage to Kevin, I would say. Uh, you mentioned Stefano Tsitsipas earlier having to come back from five hours on court in the first round today. He's got Adrian Manorino. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, let's see how, how Stefanos comes out. Um, the match was... Really, really tough, I guess, physically, but also mentally. Um, 
almost five hours against Andy. And Manarino is super uncomfortable to play. He's such a talented player. He puts the balls um, on, on your side of the court where it hurts the most. So against him, you, you have to run a lot usually. So let's see how Stefanos, how he comes out after that brutal battle. But if he's, if he's fit mentally and physically, uh, he should do it. You mentioned the brutal battle, Dominic, and that seemed to continue. The, the controversy over the bathroom break was really a, a big talking point. Players weighed in, for, especially for a sensitive guy like Stefanos. How do you think that might impact him for his second-round match? Um, maybe a little bit uh, the last day or yesterday, but he's so focused once he steps on court um, that it's doesn't bother him at all, I guess, once once he steps on the court, um, his only goal and his only thought, at least how I analyze this from passively, is, is to win the match and there are no other thoughts uh, surrounding, so that shouldn't be a problem, I guess. Manorino, by the way, 0-17 against top 10 players at majors, so advantage Sitsipas in this one. All right, time to enter the social net. Uh, We've got a lot of American men into the second round here. In fact, 13 of them, our friend Randy Walker, who just sent us some books for the green room. Thank you, Randy. Uh, 13 men. This is the most since 1994. Incredible. Dominic, what do you make of this rise of uh, young American men as well? More than half of them are 25 and under. It's so important, um, not only for the U.S. Open, but for tennis in general, I think um, Americans, they love tennis. So it's super important that there are young players coming up. And many of those young players are super attractive to watch, um, great guys. So I hope it's getting even more and um, that many of them also go deep in, in this year's tournament. Yeah, I mean, we've heard for so long, the last American Grand Slam champion on the men's side, Andy Roddick. So I, I don't know, you get a sense with this group it's a little bit different. You see some real signs of greatness in a couple of the youngsters. You have the veterans, and you have some players that are going to be consistently ranked between 20 and 80. That's what you want. You want variety. I think we have that right now with this American men that are playing. We have a, a player like Jack Sock, who's sort of in that middle ground. We have teenagers. We have veterans. We have seven-footers. We have guys under six feet tall. The other irony here is that John Isner was the highest seed. He is not on that list. He lost in the first round. And Seb Korda, who might well be the brightest prospect, had that unfortunate stomach issue. So that's a big number without two of the top guns. All right, Dominic. Uh... That, that's all for you today, but you, you killed it once again. We'll, we'll see what they say on, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, keep, keep promoting Tennis Channel for us. I will. Thanks Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right, look, look forward to seeing you again tomorrow, Dami. We've got a big schedule change at the U.S. Open. We will tell you about that as we are leading up to first ball today. Some weather in the forecast in New York.